Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent. Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Catherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this vitally important question, how do we talk to our kids about biblical sexuality? Oh, yeah, that can be a fun topic to discuss with the kiddos, just a little uncomfortable, but so necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are in a series on sexuality right now, mamas and papas. The first two parts are on biblical sexuality. The second two parts will be on how our culture has distorted sexuality. If you missed the first episode in this series, that was episode 45, be sure to go back and check it out because this episode is the conclusion of that conversation with my good friend, Aaron Barry. You know, I I really don't think that there is a more important topic we face as Christians right now in our culture than the topic of sexuality. At the end of the last show, I mentioned that some subjects I cover on CPCW are relevant to a lot of parents and a lot of kids, but unless you live under a rock, this topic is relevant to all parents and all kids. We cannot escape the subject of sexuality in our families. We we just can't. So who defines it? Our celebrities, our politicians, our teachers and school administrators, our friends, our feelings, or God? Hmm. Yeah, if we want to call ourselves Christ followers, the answer to that question must be God. Because God designed our sexuality and the parameters he places around it in his word are not there to oppress and deny our authentic selves. No, no. mm -mm. Those parameters exist to bless us and to bring us freedom. So today we are going to discuss those parameters and how we can communicate biblical sexuality to our kids. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. 
But look around you. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Joining me again today is Aaron Berry, who is an author, speaker, counselor, and educational consultant. To refresh your memory, Aaron has a bachelor's degree in education, a master's degree in counseling, and is working on her doctorate in Christian counseling with an emphasis on the topic of sexuality. So you can see she is the perfect guest for this discussion on biblical sexuality. Erin and her husband, Brett, are founders of the Home Educated Mind, a Christ-centered community dedicated to providing materials and support for Christian parents. So if you recall in the last episode, we established what the Bible has to say about our sexuality, that God created us male and female, which is first mentioned right up front in the book of Genesis, chapter one, verse 27. Our biological sex is not an accident. It is purposeful. We talked a bit about gender roles and specifically how liberating scripture is for women, especially when compared to other books of that time period. Yeah, check that out. And we discussed the origins. This was fascinating of what we now call gender. This is a new term. It is a linguistic term, meaning that it was first used to refer to language. In many of the Romance languages, terms are either feminine or masculine. Aaron brilliantly enlightened us on that history, showing how it burst into academia in the 1940s and only came into the popular vernacular in 2010. This term has literally jumped off the page and changed everything. It is not a biblical term or even a term with much history in reference to humans. It is a linguistic term that is now radically altering our perception of sexuality. So we're going to pick right up where we left off in the last episode by discussing the parameters God has placed around our sexuality. So what are what do we see in scripture as being those regulations and parameters that God lovingly has set around sex in order to protect us? We only really have two options. <laughs> Chastity and marriage. Yeah. So, and I love the way that um, what kind Christopher of Jan- marriage too, mm-hmm. just a marriage between like a, a husband and, a and wife. wife, right? Yeah. Not just- right. A man and wife. Exactly. I'm sorry. I interrupted exactly. you, but go ahead. What were you going to? No, I'm glad you did because that's exactly what I meant. And that's what God says. And I love how, um, and this is Christopher Yawn. He writes the book, Holy Sexuality. Mm. Love that book. And he says, chastity and singleness and faithfulness within marriage. And chastity is more than simply abstaining from extramarital sex. It conveys purity and holiness. Mm -hmm. And faithfulness is more than merely maintaining chastity and avoiding illicit sex. It conveys 
covenantial commitment. Mm. So, but I love that. And, and, you know, we are either single or we're married, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're all born single. And so chastity, we have to have our, you know, that chastity. And then we marry a man if we're a woman. And if we're a man, we marry a woman, whatever. And then we have the faithfulness in the marriage relationship. And I love that it's more than just the act, right? It's the whole thing. Right. It absolutely is. You know, one of the criticisms I hear, you know, and there are a lot of scriptures that we you know, probably don't have time to get into all of the scriptures that establish what those parameters are. That might be a future podcast I can do. But one criticism I hear from those who advocate that Christianity supports it does support same-sex relationships because a lot of churches and Christians are saying that now is that God lifted those Old Testament restrictions in the New Testament. Matthew Vines, for example, is someone who makes this argument. Do you see any indication in scripture that there was some lifting of those restrictions in the New Testament? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I don't see it. And, uh, And even Paul, when there's a scripture that a lot of people, you know, and off the top of my head, I'm wondering if I even have that one myself, but they talk about when Paul talks about homosexuality, for example, and a lot of people try to say, well, he's talking about pedophilia. Right. Right. But the word that he uses, because the word that he uses in the Greek is man bed. It's two Greek words that put together say man bed. Mm -hmm. But in the Old Testament in Leviticus, the Bible was written in Hebrew, right? And the Hebrew word is what they translate same sex or, you know, two men together uses that same phrasing. So he took he made a Greek word that his audience would know, oh, he is talking exactly what we say in Leviticus. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that Matthew Vines talked about a lot. And when I did my research into it years ago, this was many years ago when he came out with his, you know, his case for Christianity supporting same-sex relationships. It it goes back to Paul was in a culture that was heavily influenced by the Greeks. And he was often using the Septuagint, which for those who don't know, that is the Greek version of the Old Testament was written around 400 BC, 400 years before Christ. And so the Septuagint, you know, was the Greek language. And one of the things that Vines talked about was that, well, we don't know what this new, the man bed, we don't know what this Mm -hmm. word means. That word that he used in the New Testament was arsenokoitis. Yes. Arsenokoitis. A-R-S-E-N-O-K-O-I-T-E-S. Arsenokoitis. And he was like, well, this is kind of an ambiguous term. We don't see it anywhere else in literature. In the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament written 400 years before Christ, the word used for homosexual is arsenos coitin. Two different words. Okay. Arsenos coitin. Arsenokoitis. I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't think you have to be to see the connection there that arsenos coitin, which is the homosexual word in the Old Testament, and arsenokoitis, he's referring to the same thing. It's not ambiguous. And his case is that those restrictions were lifted in the New Testament that were there. He, He acknowledges fully that the Old Testament condemns that practice, which to me brings up a huge ethical red flag. I mean, so all of these poor 
people born before Christ right. were repressed and their identity and they weren't allowed to fully live it out. But somehow Christ's coming lifted that restriction. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What we see, and I, I love what uh, Joe Dallas. You probably are familiar with Joe Dallas. He had been a homosexual for many years and hmm. came out of that lifestyle. He talks about this. He talks about this was something he said about that argument from Matthew and other Christians. He said regarding what Matthew said about discounting scriptures within the book of Leviticus, it makes me wonder what he would do with scriptures contained within the law that speak of loving God or loving your neighbor or not committing murder or not committing adultery or not committing incest or bestiality, would he really have the chutzpah to say that those scriptures are irrelevant because they were contained in the Old Testament law? You know, I doubt it, which raises the obvious point. There are many commandments contained within the law that also transcend the law because they are universally pronounced in both Old and New Testament. There is nothing in the New Testament that negates the importance of of the law. All the laws pertaining to adultery, incest, bestiality, and homosexuality are reiterated throughout both the Old and New Testament. So that would be the answer I would have to Christians who who think somehow it's lifted or somehow the New Testament does not restrict that. And and again, the reason for the restriction is our design. He designed us. He's not trying to, to curb our passions But the fact is we have passions for things that are unhealthy for us, don't we? Uh, All of us, yes. Yes, absolutely. And my thing too would be, we all try to justify our sin, Mm -hmm. right? We all try to justify our natural desires or, or, or even like, well, I didn't deserve to be treated that way or I was right or whatever. And my thought is we need to get, we need to spend more time focusing on, the Lord and his character and less on what we want, if that makes sense. You know, that's helpful because I think sometimes I do understand the plight 
of having same-sex attraction and thinking, what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. You know, and especially the way we have treated people in the past. So I do think we need great compassion. And I think that the answer is a little less focus on what we can and can't do and more focus on finding your identity and getting to know Christ. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's a perfect transition. I wanted to talk just for a few minutes before we get to those things that we can do in our conversations with our kids. I love this response that Rosario Butterfield Mm -hmm. had. Now, for those who don't know, Rosario Butterfield was a radical lesbian activist. She was a professor of women's studies at Syracuse University. She specialized in queer theory. And in an article she was writing, she ended up contacting a minister. I can't remember his denomination. She, mm-hmm. But she befriended him. He befriended her and he invited her over. He and his wife just shared the gospel with her over the course of, I think it was about a year. And she came to know the Lord and she ended up recognizing that you know, the Holy Spirit, he didn't, you know, they didn't condemn her and, and neither did, you know, God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world Thank through you, him. Lord. That's right after John three sixteen. So she came to know the Lord and Jen Hatmaker is a, you know, she's an author speaker, New York times bestselling author. She, she has a daughter who came out as a lesbian and she ended up being in the evangelical community, embracing the idea that scripture does support same-sex relationships. And I understand the compassion and the love she feels for her child and wanting to support and affirm her child. We all want to do that. But, you know, just like a physician can't look at someone who's got cancer in them and ignore that, you know, and I know we don't want to call it that, but we have to call it what God no. calls sin. Sin is a cancer that, that and he, we have to define it as he does, not as we want to. So she wrote a letter to Jen Hatmaker, who came out in support of that. And I love how she put it. She said the year that she had been converted and walked away from the woman that she had loved for many mm-hmm. years. She said, Jen Hatmaker's words about holiness, the holiness of the LGBT relationship would have flooded my world like a balm of Gilead at the time. But then she goes on to say, but I hear Jen's words, words meant to encourage, not discourage, mm-hmm. to build up, not to tear down, to defend the marginalized, not broker unearned power. And I love the way she puts this. She says, mm-hmm. and a thin trickle of sweat creeps down my back. If I were still in the thick of the battle over indwelling sin of lesbian desire, Jen's words would have put a millstone around my neck. And she goes on to say, I was not converted out of homosexuality. Exactly. She said, I was converted out of unbelief. I didn't swap out of a lifestyle. I died to a life I loved. And no matter what you struggle with in this earth, and we all struggle with something. We have to die to it. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it's, we need the balance between truth and love. Yes. And most of us err one way or the other. We do. You know, and so, but we have to understand, we have to use the terms God uses which is sin. And we have to understand why it's sin. And you said it well, it's a millstone. And we all have to align our lives with Christ. We all have to pick up our cross. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that all crosses are equal. I don't think that's, I mean, I can't know. 
All I can know is that God's called me to pick up the cross that he's given me. And that's the case for everyone. And we don't do a favor by, because sin kills. I mean, the bottom line is a lie. It's a lie. And if we pacify a lie, the person is hurt. So you're not really helping, you know, but yeah, yeah. I love, she shared an example. I'll link this article, by the way, this letter for people to see on life audio and the show notes and on my website as well. She talked about that. We're, and I love what you said. Not all crosses are equal. You know, I've got certain crosses I bear and, you know, I look at other people. I have a dear friend in a wheelchair from an accident. And I'm like, that's not the same cross I'm bearing. I'm not going to pretend that I would not patronize someone to suggest that, that my cross is your cross, but for whatever reason, you know, we have the crosses that we have and the Lord, the grace is there to abound. And I, at the end of that, that letter, she talks about, Rosaria talks about, she was speaking in a large church, she says, and an older woman Mm -hmm. uh, waited until the end of the evening and approached me. She told me that she was 75 years old that she had been married to a woman for 50 years and that she and her partner had children and grandchildren. Then she said something chilling in a hushed voice. She whispered, I have heard the gospel and I understand that I may lose everything. Why didn't anyone tell me this before? Why did people I love not tell me that I would one day have to choose like this? That's a good question, Rosario says. Why did not one person tell this dear image bearer that she could not have illicit love and gospel peace at the same time? We're not doing people who struggle with that unique burden and cross any favors by lying to them about what God intended. His intention is not to harm. But to help them fully realize who he created them to be, because it is only in the light of the cross. And she she said something to that same effect. It's only in the light of the cross that we can see who we are truly intended to be. So Mm -hmm. let's let's just spend a few moments here talking about, you know, because I'm sure (laughs) this is not the most comfortable conversation to have with your kids yeah. talking to your kids yeah. about sex so if that's how you feel how how do you address these issues with your kids okay so the first thing i just want to say is a like we said you're the best person so go in confidence that god is going to empower you and sometimes people are nervous mm-hmm. about talking to their children and part of that is because maybe they feel they have some sexual issues or sin in their past mm. And I just want to start by saying we are all sexually broken. Mm -hmm. We all have issues probably in our past that we're ashamed of. Maybe some are our choices. Maybe some happen to us. And so I want to say this is an opportunity to begin, if you haven't, to address those things. So because sometimes we're ashamed to talk to our kids, right, because of this. But this is an opportunity. If you have things in your past, it's time to confess repent and find healing, mm-hmm. you know, so God's doing a double work because that's something we, we tend to say that, you know, say sexual sin is worse than any other sin, right. Mm-hmm. Or the enemy, maybe he just knows he can get in there, but it's time for healing. Right. You know, it's so, not so, worse, but it can be more damaging, right. Um, to the psyche and the soul. Well, sure. Well, sure. 
but it doesn't have to hold you back. Exactly. God's healing covers all things. So let's get some healing. And my point mm-hmm. in saying that is I don't think we've talked about these things in the church. And I think a lot of people are hurting that could be walking in healing. Mm-hmm. So now that we're talking about it, it's awesome because we can all come to healing. That vulnerability. I mean, when our kids get old enough, it might be something to share. Like, look, this is what I did and how that affected me and what happened. Yeah. It can be a cautionary tale. I'm not saying we have to confess our sins to our kids because I don't know that we do. No. But at, mm-hmm. the, at the same time, when they get older, we can have a conversation, perhaps if we feel led by the Holy Spirit to say, this is this is what happened. This is what I did. And here's the ramifications of that. I don't want this for you. It, would you recommend that potentially? So I think we always want to be spirit led. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord brings in your heart and you is to share, you absolutely share it. Mm-hmm. If uh, I, you know, and go from there. But now going back to the parents. Okay. You know, when you start sexual education right at the beginning, start really? with okay. your toddler. Yes. How do you do that? And, <laughs> and, but you know, most parents actually do this, I think. Mm. So you start by just Naming body parts. That's one thing yeah. they suggest now is, is give them the real name. So you, you start there. Secondly, you just, you know, you have your teachable moments. Mm-hmm. And so you're going through life and you see a pregnant woman at the park mm-hmm. and your child says, you know, what's that? Well, she's got a baby in her tummy. How does that work? You know, and you can just use the things that you naturally come across and just talk about it. But remember, your toddler has the attention span of about two seconds. So you're not having deep conversations. You're not having long conversations, but you're just engaging in the moment. Right. My favorite story, and I think it's a good example, is a friend of mine. She had a toddler son and a newborn baby, and she was changing the, the girl. It was a newborn girl and the toddler was a boy. And she was changing the baby's diaper. And the little boy said, Oh, mommy, he's broken. <laughs> and, uh, and the mother was able, that was a teachable moment, right? Yes. So she was able to say, Oh no, honey, this is your sister. And she's a girl and you're a boy and God gives different bodies to girls and boys. It can be as simple as that, you know, but you're beginning that conversation. And then the third thing I would recommend is just to teach them some boundaries about their bodies. And to say um, things like, you know, your body is yours and it's beautiful from God and nobody needs to touch your body. You have, you know, the boundaries over that kind of thing. So then you just give them some language and open the door for them to tell you because the enemy uses shame, right? To keep us quiet in this Mm -hmm. way. And if you ever, if anything ever happens or you don't like it, you tell mommy and daddy and we'll help you. So that's how you sort of start with a toddler. Mm-hmm. And then as they go on, you go into the elementary age. Now their development, their mind is still concrete, but most recommend that you begin the discussion of intercourse at five and six. Really? Wow. And I, and again, we're just given the facts. There are yeah. some incredible books that will tell you what to say. Like if you're like, I don't know what to say. There's books with, you know, they, some you just read it, but you, you do, because here's why. Mm-hmm. The world's going to tell them, right? And you want it to come from you mm-hmm. and you want to set up the, with your children that you are the authority that they can come to you about anything and that you are the authority when it comes to sex. 
sexuality. And that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. And at this time, alongside you're teaching, you might, you're going to teach the biblical narrative beforehand, but really you're going to right now, you're going to go to Genesis. You're going to go through Genesis. You're going to talk about God's plan. You're going to talk about this is God's plan. Not everybody lives according to God's plan. We're going to love them anyway, but this is God's plan. You're going to continue. It's an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to find that naturally, you know, many, many, many of your preschool shows, many of your shows that your elementary kids are watching are going to have gender confused characters. And so it's going to come up naturally. And so you're going to just use those opportunities to talk and watch your child, watch how interested they are or aren't, meaning it, as long as their attention span, then let it go and come back. But Yeah. So those would be the main things. And then when you get into junior high or high school, obviously puberty is important. I would really recommend that you, if you have a prepubescent daughter, that you read Abigail Schreiner's book, Irreversible Damage. Yeah. So that, you know, you want to be on the forefront of the things that they're going to face. And so going into puberty This is where a lot of your gender issues come up, your transgender. And so you want to be, you want to be talking about that. And here's the thing, your children, you're going to have teens that struggle with same-sex attraction. You're going to have teens that do not feel comfortable with their bodies. Right. Actually, this is normal in the sense that your hormones and your attractions and understanding your feelings, very common. What's happening now is that these common feelings. And what I mean by that is I would rather call it rather than gender dysphoria. I'd rather call it body dysphoria. Most teenage girls and teenage guys don't, they reject their bodies when they're going through puberty. Mm -hmm. So it used to be anorexia was kind of the way that they did it, or even cutting. You see that a lot in the in the girls population, Mm -hmm. right? Now, the way that they're dealing with those feelings is transgender. Yes. So it's so, and we wouldn't tell somebody who is anorexic. Oh yes, honey, you are fat. Yeah. Right. We would say we would go to that. We wouldn't say, think it would be done in a day either. So I would just be having those conversations and walk along safely with your children and keep pointing them to Christ and then, and, and praying. I mean, there's a lot more, but hopefully that's a, you know, That's a good, good, good start. And always, no matter what they say, because at some point your child is going to come to you and say something shocking Yes, (laughs) that they're struggling with. That is your moment to shine moms and dads. That is your moment to crater their sweet little face and tell them there this. I've told my kids this before. There's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can believe that will change my love for you or God's love for you. God loves us independent of our actions. We can be running 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Doesn't matter. He still loves us and we still love our kids and our doors are open to them. And if we screwed up in that area, if we acted shocked by whatever they're struggling with, then we have made a mistake and we need to go make that right and apologize and say, I'm sorry that, you know, I, I didn't react to that situation properly. 
because that's our moment to shine. And we are, you know, we're going to continue this conversation in the next episode. Um, Aaron, you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for being my very first guest on CPCW. You've been just incredible. Please tell our listeners where they can find out more about your ministry and your work. Sure. Our website is thehomeeducatedmind.com. And you can email me at support at thehomeeducatedmind.com. Perfect. Perfect. Be sure to check out the show notes on lifeaudio.com or katherinesegers.com. And I'll have that linked there as well to get all the links to the, you know, the Bible passages and resources that we used in this podcast. And like I said, thanks again, Erin. You were incredible. We're going to hold you over. Yeah, we're going to give you a sequel so we can talk about how our culture is twisting and distorting God's design with our sexuality. That is where we really get into your area of expertise and counseling. So mamas and papas, you don't want to miss that one. Our continuing conversation will aid you in your conversations about sexuality with your kids. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But 
If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.